Welcome to The Lamb and the Scroll, where we unpack scripture using the rich tradition of the church. I'm your host, John Brayer, and in this episode, we'll be digging into spiritual greatness and the Ten Commandments. When I watch high-level sports, I frequently find myself wondering about what circumstances led to these particular individuals developing their talent and ending up where they are on this great stage to play football or basketball or baseball, whatever the sport happens to be. And very frequently in this reflection, I find myself coming back to thinking about these athletes, these professional athletes in their childhood. How did they start learning the game? What did it look like when they first learned it? And I think for many of them, and my, my guess is that it started at a very young age, dribbling a basketball at three years old and starting to be taught the rules and the basic strategies and the basic goals of the game, and then just developed from there. And they combined their innate talent with their desire to win, their desire to be successful, and it led them where they are today. Had these players not learned the rules, or even worse, had the rules not existed in the first place, there'd be no game. If there were no basketball handbook, there would literally not be a sport of basketball. People trying to, quote-unquote, play basketball would be involved in chaos. Or if the rules were frequently disregarded, we'd have people running wild everywhere. Imagine basketball without rules or football without rules. And so an important part of learning to be great and becoming great at any sport is learning the rules. Now, you don't stop by learning the rules, but that's where it needs to start. Because if you don't know the rules, you can't play the game. And I think that gives us some important insights into being great in the spiritual life. Because that's the goal, is sainthood. The goal is to be great, not only in this life, but so that we can be unified with God eternally. And in the same way that an athlete who has achieved secular greatness in the world of sports, in the same way that that athlete started by learning the rules and basic strategies, in the spiritual life, we start or need to start by learning the basic rules and the basic movements or strategies. Similarly, in the spiritual life, if there are no rules, life descends into chaos. Like it or not, to a certain extent, we need rules. We need guidance. And so as we turn to this story of Moses receiving the Ten Commandments, we need to resist the impulse to react negatively to this idea of rules or laws. Because what these do is they set up the foundations. They give us the boundaries within which the spiritual life can be pursued. And that's where we need to start. But just like a great basketball player who does not become great by just learning the rules, we don't become great spiritually by simply learning the Ten Commandments. We need to go beyond that. And we're reminded of that in the story of Jesus meeting the rich young man. This story is recorded in a couple of different Gospels, but the one that I'll be pulling from is Mark chapter 10. In this story, a young man rushes up to Jesus and says, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And notice how he's gotten the first part right. He has turned to the right source. He's gone to the right place to ask this question. It'd be very easy for him to have turned to any spiritual guru or the Oprah of his time, but no, he went right to the source. And Jesus basically tells him two things. He first says, you know the commandments. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And the young man replies saying, Teacher, all of these I have observed from my youth. And so he's got that first baseline. He's playing the right game. He's in the right boundaries. But Jesus then looks at him and says, You are lacking in one thing. Go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And then we get one of the saddest lines in the New Testament, in my opinion. 
At that statement, his face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. The young man has done so many things right. He's come to the right source. He's asked the right question. He's playing the right game, but he won't go that last step. This would be akin to a great basketball player getting a coach, finding a good coach, asking the right questions, learning the rules of the game, but not putting in that extra effort. That player is not going to be great. Might be good, not great. And that's what we're called to in the spiritual life. That's how important these 10 commandments are that we find in the book of Exodus. Now, so as we return to this story in the book of Exodus, we see that Moses ascends Mount Sinai and he's delivered these commandments from God. Now, the reason these commandments are so important is not only that they form the foundation of the spiritual life, but they also serve a really important purpose for the Israelites. As this group of people, which has transitioned from a married couple, Adam and Eve, to a family, Noah, to a tribe under Abraham, has now spread out into a group of tribes, hence a nation, this set of commandments serves to set them apart, to make them distinct, to show what is unique about them. A nation can be defined in a number of different ways, but typically a nation includes land, people, boundaries, and rules, the expectations for that society. And the Ten Commandments give us a great insight into what is expected of the Israelites. These commandments set them apart and specifically set them aside for God. We see that God's progressive revelation continues here in this story. Initially, God calls Abram to action in Genesis 12. He calls him to get up and move. He later calls Abram, and then later Abraham, into faith in one God, representing a shift in belief from polytheism to monotheism. Now with Moses, as we move through the story, God begins to more fully unveil his plan and his purpose for us. God begins to more fully unveil his plan for us. And he lays out these commandments. Again, not to restrict us, but to allow us to truly play the game. Again, don't get caught up on these rules as restrictive. Because if there are no rules, there is no game. If there are no rules here for the Israelites, there's no way for them to clearly attain spiritual greatness. But let's not kid ourselves. The Israelites frequently make mistakes. They let us down over and over and over again. They struggle to be in right relationship with God. And perhaps the best example of this is that while Moses is receiving these tablets containing the Ten Commandments, the Israelites are busy creating an idol and worshiping that idol. This is a direct violation of the first commandment. So literally the first thing that God told his people, they had already blown off as unimportant or not able to be followed. When Moses returns, the scene that he walks into is really important to note. And so here I'll be taking a look at Exodus chapter 32, verse 25. Here's how the first part of that verse reads. Moses saw that the people were running wild because Aaron had lost control. Isn't this exactly what we expect when the rules, quote unquote, are not followed? We expect chaos, right? If there are no rules for a sport, chaos. If there's no rules in a society, chaos. When the spiritual rules are not followed, there is spiritual chaos. So it's no surprise that that's exactly what he sees here. And this is what the second part of verse 25 says after it points out that they're running wild. It says that this is to the secret delight of their foes. This is really important to notice because the enemies of Israel presumably are noticing this and they're noticing that the Israelites are falling apart on themselves. They're caving in. This gives us a great spiritual lesson. When we don't play the game as it's been defined for us, when we don't put our faith on this foundational belief in the Ten Commandments, when we decide to ignore some, pick and choose some, and run wild, 
That's to the secret delight of the enemy, Satan. He watches that with great pleasure. In the spiritual life, we're called to greatness, not to mediocrity, not to being just above average. We're called to greatness. These Ten Commandments give us the foundation upon which a great moral life can be lived. Again, just like the basketball player, we don't stop with the rules, though. And that's the great challenge for us is not just to stop and say, I didn't kill anyone today. I didn't covet my neighbor's wife today because there's more than that. And that's as we dig into this story, as we find Jesus expanding upon the Ten Commandments, we'll see those lessons unfolded even more. But at least with the Ten Commandments, we have the first of the boundaries within which we can play the game of attaining spiritual greatness. So thank you for joining me today. I hope that you enjoyed this episode.